It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard at Scottish Cup weekend. Can Rangers European High see them through at Tyne Castle? Celtic wait till tomorrow for a trip to St Johnston as they look to bounce back from Copenhagen disappointment. Hibs are already through. Can St Mirren or Aberdeen join them later? I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio is Gordon DL, Craig Beatty and Hugh Evans. The Hunger Games for big clubs starved of success. That's what's on the menu today. Rangers haven't won the Scottish Cup for 11 years that must seem like a lifetime to their fans Aberdeen haven't won the Scottish Cup for 30 years that is a lifetime Celtic have annexed the Scottish Cup and all the other trophies for the last three years if St Johnston want to end that monopoly tomorrow then they're going to have to hope that Celtic defend the way they did against Copenhagen or has defeat in Europe sharpened Celtic's appetite for the Hunger Games yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend, Gordon. The three other uh, quarter-finals to go to see who gets in the semi-finals. Hibs already in there after a terrific game, I've got to say. Easter Road last night, seven goals. So they've set the bar very, very high. Can we uh, keep up with that this afternoon? Yeah, but the, the, the cup football will have to wait. Um, we'll obviously preview it, but it'll have to wait just now. And what we'll be concerning and focusing on today is the, the championship matches that we have. We get the guys around the ground at the championship games. And Fraser looks to have the pick of the day with, with Shankland and Nisbet, Dunfermline versus Dundee United. Yes, the two goal scorers going head to head. We'll get to that very soon. It was all about European football during the week. It's all about domestic football this weekend. But as Craig says, splits between the lower reaches of the. The SPFL, no Premiership action today But of course massive Scottish Cup ties as well Hugh And I feel like we've been saying this every single week this season But it's truer than ever In the sense that the games come thick and fast Celtic's Copenhagen disappointment No time to dwell on that when you go and try and defend your Scottish Cup And Rangers European high Won't be a high for much longer if they get put out of the cup at Tynecastle Well I mean is it possible that Daniel Stendhal Who has only won one game uh, since taking over as Hearts manager in the league And that was against Rangers Is it possible that he could do a League and Cup double over Rangers? I think not And St Johnston Tommy Wright The number one manager in St Johnston's history Because he has won the Scottish Cup Can he take advantage of Celtic and the dodgy defence? Neil Lennon says defeat Will <coughs> sharpen Celtic's appetite to get back to winning ways Fascinating ties And... St Mirren Aberdeen St Mirren Seven years Since they were last at Hamden For a cup final It was the League Cup Jim Goodwin Was then the team captain Now he's the manager If St Mirren Knock out Aberdeen Dangerous times For Derek McInnes Probably all comes down To expectation Gordon Celtic fans Clearly expect to win The Scottish Cup Because that's what they do In recent seasons Rangers fans will be Tucked in somewhere Just behind If the league is gone Like some people believe then the Scottish Cup becomes extremely important And then just behind that, as Hugh says Aberdeen fans, they want silverware They want something to show So is that where the, the pressure lies? Yeah, I th- when you get to this stage in the Cup Pressure's everywhere, Gordon You, you forgot about Hibs They'll fancy their chances Now being in the semi-final I think it's a massive game for Rangers um, I was saying to Hugh Last Sunday after the show You're walking out here and you're thinking Big, big week for Rangers Thursday, eh, sorry, Wednesday night did we really fancy them to go to Portugal? I don't think a lot of us did. 
brilliant performance Got the result All of a sudden Tonight Against Hearts at Tynecastle Where they lost the last time there They could get through Into the semi-finals And it's a fantastic week When you flip the coin Celtic we all thought Were a home banker mm. Thursday night They go to St Johnston But I've got to say A place where they're <coughs> Very comfortable And they usually win Very easy up there But A little bit of pressure on yeah, it's a funny old game, Craig. Things change very quickly in the space of a week. Yeah, they most certainly do. And, you know, I would probably reiterate what, what Gordon said there. And, you know, Celtic and up to St. Johnson, it, it should be a four, with all due respect to St. Johnson, purely based on the amount of goals that Celtic have scored against them uh, in recent times. It should be a foregone conclusion. But, you know, like like the week's fixtures thrown up, that it's, it's not always the case. So, really good games to look forward well, to. Callum Henry had Goldson and Katic taken care of last Sunday. And it cost Rangers two vital weak points. I think Callum Henry will be looking forward to but, uh, to Christopher Julian, Christopher Ayer, and uh, Jozo Simonovic. I think you'll be thinking, I get a bit of joy here for the second week in a row. The only th- sorry, Gordon, the only thing I'll say about that here, I understand what you're saying, but if you flip the coin over and you look at Celtic, they should have had the game buried in the first 10 minutes the last time they were here. So I expect the same. We love the Scottish Cup weekend We don't necessarily love the scheduling If we're being completely selfish and honest about it The games are spread out all across Friday, Saturday evening, Saturday night um, and Sunday But we are here as always We're here until 6 o'clock And we're delighted to be focusing on the Championship at this moment in time So let's go first of all to East End Park Tim Fermlin against Dundee United And that one's been watched by Fraser Wishart Yeah, again, really looking forward to it Gordon, the two teams, both of them You could, you could definitely say are Premiership standard clubs It's the first time I've seen them Either of them this year But you get a look at the Champions elected Dundee United And get an idea of how they'll fit into the Premiership next season with the current squad that they've got, the Premiership budget of course and having been the Championship for the last three years, invested heavily in the team and they will get up, they had to get up but it has paid off, recruited well, performed well and they'll already be planning for next season, a nice place for Robbie Nielsen to be in with one eye on the, getting the over the line to win the Championship as well, but as I said earlier looking around East End Park, really good setup, a Premiership club bigger than quite a lot of clubs in terms of tradition, in terms of fan base and facilities, and some of the Premiership clubs just now, you know, and so it's a really important game for Stevie Crawford's team though they've been inconsistent recently two wins and three defeats in the league since the new year and they find themselves in an awful position right in the middle of the league four points off the playoff to get to the Premiership with five points above Alaba who are in the playoff at the bottom so the next few weeks really crucial for the Pars and after today they've got games against Arbroath and Queen of the South in the next seven days and that could tell everything about whether they're going to be going for a promotion or fighting relegation for the rest of the season as Craig Beatty was saying earlier on bit of a striker watch here for me two of the most prolific in the country on either side Kevin Nisbet and Rollin Shankland so hopefully a few goals here at a freezing East End Park with the pitch in good nick so I'm really looking forward to a half decent football game in fact even better than that I think there'll be a few goals here today the teams both going with 4-4-2 formations for Durfermann they've got Owen Fawn Williams in goals Aaron Comrie Lee Croft Ashcroft Danny Devine and Ewan Murray at the back in midfield Ethan Ross Paul Payton Kyle Turner and Dom Thomas with Jonathan Ofalabi and Kevin Nisbet as the strikers subs for the pass Cameron Gill Lewis Martin Joseph Thompson Thomas Beedling, Joshua Edwards, Matthew Todd and Lewis McCann. For Robbie Nielsen, he's picked a 4-4-2 formation as well. Benjamin Segrist is in goals. Liam Smith, Paul Watson, Mark Conley and Jamie Robson at the back. In midfield, Lewis Appery, Ian Hart.
Parks, Dylan Power and Peter Pollitt with Rakesh Bingham and Lawrence Shankland and the, as the strikers. On the bench for United, Dennis Mehmet, Adrian Sporl, Mark Reynolds, Paul McMullen, Declan Glass, Kieran Freeman and Lewis Nielsen. And the referee today, a new name for me at East End Park, is Mr Graham Beaton. Just looking at the lead that Dundee United have at the top, Fraser, that 18-point advantage at the moment. As we know, there are quite a lot of games that are you know scheduled to be squeezed into the next couple of weeks. This thing could realistically be done by the end of March, that depending on how things go, it would be that would be quite something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they should be up there. When you look at the, the figures that have come out recently in their accounts, their spend for, for wages is, is huge. You know, so it's a it's probably more than most Premiership clubs outside maybe the top five. So they've invested heavily. The new owners, Mark Ogren from America, and, they, and they've invested heavily in infrastructure behind the scenes as well with their academy. So there's certainly money going into Dundee United. But if they didn't go up, it'd be an absolute disaster because they're, they're clearly planning to be in the Premiership next season and, and have a bit more money coming in from commercial revenues and from TV revenues and also from, from the crowds as well so they should be up in the Premiership we know traditionally over the last 30-40 years they've, they've been a, a really great club and won the league in 1983 many years ago but for a club of that size that's that's terrific so they should be up in the Premiership they shouldn't have been down I don't think over the last couple of years but but they have done and uh, today's game I think is absolutely crucial for, for, for them but you could say the same for Dunfermline you know, they were in League 2 a couple of years ago they were in administration only just survived and they're still kind of rebuilding but there'll be 4 or 5 maybe even 6,000 depending how many United take here today and most Premiership games that we see week in week out they'd be much they'd be happy with, with, with those as well so two big clubs and uh, perhaps the Parson get themselves into the playoff before the end of the season but they could do with a win today I actually feel like we've all worked hard for you to shake off that reputation you had has been the nil-nil master um, on Clyde One Super Scoreboard Nesbitt's got 22 in all competitions this season Shanklin's got 28 surely even you cannot come up with a goalless draw this afternoon well, I think if I, if I do, then it's entirely down to, to my my fault. If they don't score, I mean they score week in week out, and uh, of course, Lauren Shankland has got himself into the Scotland squad, and, and he's not really proven himself at Premiership level. But I, I think he's got the talent to go up there and score goals if he stays at Dundee United. But uh, young Nisbet, I think, is a, a great example. Freedom Party Thistle, and he goes down to League Two, and has a terrific season last year. Really good in, 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 that, in that division for Wraith Rovers. Gets himself a move here, and he's continued at higher level. When you look at the par sitting mid-table, 6-7, something like that, to score 22 goals, that's as good an achievement, if not better, than Lauren Shanklin's when you think Shanklin's playing with a team who's winning every week and on top every week. So hopefully there'll be plenty of chances for these two. As I said earlier, the pitch is fine. There's a wee bit of a breeze. It's cold, but it's, it's fine. Good conditions for a good game of football. When you're scoring that number of goals with a team who are in free fall, yeah. and that's pretty much what the Fairland are, Fraser, uh, it's a fair old achievement from Nesbitt. Yeah, well, it's that old that old saying, isn't it? You know, where would they be without him? If they hadn't scored all these goals, where would they actually be? And, and you're, you're right to talk to about them in, in free free fall. And again, looking at their team, you know, not just Nisbet himself. Paul Payton, very experienced player with Dundee United and Partick Thistle. Dom Thomas had been at Motherwell, was on loan from Kilmarnock. Danny Devine, Premiership experience as well with Inverness and with Partick Thistle. Lee Ashcroft was, was in the, the Kilmarnock team, first team for many years. So again, you know, they all have a decent budget as well, a decent wage bill. And they've brought in some really good players so they should be doing better and of course the, the team that causes all these teams problems Hugh is our broth 
and Dick Campbell and the part-time players and the fantastic season they've had and even like Dundee and they're feeling the, the, the directors must be looking at it thinking why are we not above our growth but that's where they are I win today and they're back in the, the playoff hunt at the top of the table but a poor week this week with these three games they could find themselves fighting off relegation for the rest of the season Dundee our growth is off today a pitch inspection this morning just too much rainfall the pitch is soaking at Dens Park and that game will not go ahead but we do have some others Queen of the South against Morton is on at Palmerston Roger Hanna is keeping an eye on that one yeah, and it's decent weather conditions down here, but we're warned about snow, we're warned about wind, but no, it's it's decent, and I think we've got a good game of football this afternoon. Morton, Gordon, you might have noticed, have quietly but effectively edged into the promotion playoff picture at the top end of the championship. A very impressive run of form. They're unbeaten the last seven championship games in 2020, including Tuesday night's 2-1 win at promotion chasing Air United, and they've scored in every league game since last October, with David Hopkins now virtually having all his key men available, and he's got such a strong score squad now Gordon I just looked at the bench at Somerset Park for Morton on Tuesday night the likes of Brian McLean Chris Miller Jim McAllister Bob McHugh John Sutton all experienced wily campaigners in the championship all back up on the bench that shows you the strength and depth that Hopkins has now got and a win at Palmerston here today would lift them above our broth into within a single point of Dundee in the chase for the top four with that Dundee our broth game as you said being, being put off but well turn have surged up the table. Queens, they've tumbled down. They're now in the relegation playoff place. They're down below Alloa. Alan Johnson's men know that a win today would take them six points clear of rock bottom party Thistle ahead of what will be a really, really crucial game meeting a head-to-head at Fur Hill on Tuesday night. So there's plenty at stake for both teams down here in Dumfries this afternoon. We're just still waiting on the team lines. Queens, whether they'll be unchanged from the side that narrowly lost here last Saturday to Dundee with the only goal, a late goal it was as well. Morton, it'll be interesting to see whether David Hopkins adds any of that experience that was on the bench at air on Tuesday night into the starting 11 because it's a big week they've been on their travels all week as I say air Tuesday night them freeze today and they've got a lengthy trip to Inverness on Tuesday night as well so I'm looking forward to this today it's some division Roger Hanna second and seventh separated by eight points so you talk about you know we spoke about teams like Dunfermline but they're really in a limbo between promotion and relegation playoffs as are a number of the teams just that eight points like I say separating all those sides and as you mentioned, those Partick Thistle fans who are idle this afternoon, hopefully they're listening to us and that they're maybe getting out to see some other football, they'll be watching that one with interest. They need, they need a favour from Morton. Yeah, they do need a favour from Morton and uh, they could probably do with a favour from Air United at Alloa as well because if Alloa and Queen of the South get anything this afternoon, it's beginning to look increasingly gloomy for Thistle. Obviously they don't have a game because Inverness were involved in that cup quarter final last night. But I think the perception among us all has been for a while, oh, oh, Thistle will get out, there's too many good players, Ian McCall's here, everything will be fine, they'll rally the way they did last season and, and they'll somehow manage to get out of bother. But uh, as we say, if Queen's were to win today, the gap goes to six points if Alloa were to beat Air the gap to Alloa goes to seven points and it becomes increasingly difficult the, the onus is now in Thistle not just to win a game or two but to go on a lengthy unbeaten run to get themselves out of trouble Now the one championship game we haven't covered yet is Alloa against Air United Mark Guidi is keeping an eye on that one yeah, as the boys have, have been saying there, uh, Gordon, a, a cracking game in prospect for different reasons. Air United, with Dundee's game being postponed today, it's a chance for them to leapfrog um, Dundee into third place. So plenty at stake for uh, Mark Kerr's team. And for Alloa, a chance just to extend the daylight between themselves and Partick Thistle, uh, the bottom club. Uh, so for a victory for Peter Grant's men today, would see them go seven points clear of Thistle and keep them ahead of Queen of the South too. So plenty um, going on here and... Uh, 
um, you know both managers are absolutely delighted that the game's on um, and gives them a chance to go and get a rhythm and for of course for the visitors at United as uh, Roger just said their chance to bounce back after the disappointment of the midweek defeat to Morton so lots going on and plenty to play for here at the Inderdrill Stadium I can give you the teams Alloa are going 4-4-1-1 formation it's Keenan Wright and goals at the back Ben Stilling Scott Taggart Blair Mal. Malcolm and Liam Dick in midfield Kevin Colley, Stephen Herrington Ian Flanagan and Robert Thompson and it's Kevin O'Hara just off the main striker Alan Troughton on the bench for Peter Grant's team he has named just five substitutes today Andy Wilson, Liam Buchanan, Scott Banks Lee Conley and Cameron O'Donnell for Ayr United day 2, 4-4-1-1 it's Ross Doohan in goals at the back Jordan Houston, Sam Roscoe, Stephen Bell and Danny Harvey in midfield Alan Forrest, Mark Kerr Connor Malley and Luke McCowan and it's Stephen Kelly off the main striker Aaron Drennan on the bench for Mark Kerr's team, Ellis Hare Reid Scott Tiffany, Adam Muirhead, Paul Smith Grant Gillespie, Leon Murphy and Michael Moffat and today's match referee is Greg Aitken Although Dundee United have got this thing sewn up Hugh Keevans it's a question of when and not if for the rest of them so much to play for They don't even know What it is they're playing for Some of them Because you look one way It could be relegation Over your shoulder But if you're a bit more optimistic You might even sneak up Into the, the good set of playoffs If you like Second and seventh Separated by just eight points I look at the Alloa air game Which Mark is attending And If Alloa could get The win there They'd go Seven points away From Partick Thistle And Before the, the Thistle fans jump up And say Yeah but with two games More played Where's Patrick Thistle's guarantee of winning a game these days? So that would be a serious blow to Ian McCall and everyone if Alwa were to get that win. But it's a, you know, for Dundee United, the champions elect, well done to them. They spend money as if it's going out of fashion, as Fraser well knows. Uh, if they hadn't gone up, it would have been a disaster. But they'd be a welcome to the Premier League when they come up. So well done to them. But for the rest, a lot of hard work to be done yet Hugh Keevans there Craig Beattie and Gordon Dale Are in the studio We've got the top team All around the championship grounds This afternoon Of course building up To the Scottish Cup action As well a bit later on And we're going to get All the guys involved As we look back On the week's biggest stories That's coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans, Craig BT, Gordon DL in the studio The top team all around the grounds It's a bit of an unconventional Saturday We've got three big championship games at three o'clock We've already had one Scottish Cup tie last night Hearts against Rangers to come at half past five St Mirren Aberdeen to come at twenty past seven Hopefully you're keeping up And then tomorrow St Johnson against Celtic So we're a bit all over the place But we're here as always until six o'clock Keeping you company on a Saturday afternoon So don't be shy Get in touch on Twitter At Clyde SSB And I'll give you the nod When the phone lines are open As well Now If you listen to the show regularly You will know that At this time in the Saturday We always get all the guys involved And look back on the week's Biggest stories Biggest talking points I think there's Only one obvious place To start Roger Hanna And that would be Europe Spread across Wednesday And Thursday this night uh, This week Now that you've had a bit of time To reflect on it All good and bad What did you make of it? Um, if you had looked at half time in the two games Gordon in the first legs you would never have believed the outcome at the end of the second legs because Celtic bossed the first leg in Copenhagen they should have been 3-0 up inside 20 minutes and ultimately they paid a price as much for the missed chances in Copenhagen as for the defensive errors um, in Celtic Park on Thursday night Rangers 
uh, for an hour of the first leg, got a chasing from Braga. But uh, the comeback, the three goals in 15 minutes at Ibrox was sensational, as was the performance over in Braga on Wednesday afternoon, as accomplished a display, as I can remember, from a Scottish team away you know, in a place like Sporting Braga. They thoroughly deserve to be through. Um, they've got a bit of glamour in the last 16 against Bayer Leverkusen, but it's also the kind of tie that you wouldn't rule Rangers out getting through and getting to the quarterfinals, which, given they started in the first qualifying round at the height of summer last year, is a fantastic achievement for Stephen Gerrard. Let's do the positives first, Mark Guidi. You were on the show on Wednesday night, and to paraphrase something you said, it was the best... Results Stephen Gerrard's had uh, as a manager Something along those lines I take it uh, with a few days on You've not climbed down on that at all No, I think it was his finest 90 minutes uh, As a Rangers manager you know, he's, he's not got a, a trophy yet to show For, for uh, the improvement he's made at Ibrox So you, know, you, you judge him on, on, on certain games And on Wednesday night I think that Rangers team went in under pressure uh, I think they were into it fragile after what happened to them the, the, the previous few days at uh, at St Johnson, and for the first time, certainly gauging the calls on Super Scoreboard, you know Rangers fans were starting to ask questions about Stephen Gerrard's suitability to be the manager longer term, and uh, so I think there was a lot riding on Wednesday night, and Rangers answered all those questions. They answered them well, and over the piece they could have easily won. Uh, 3-0, he made some big calls dropping Katic, which was the right thing to do but it's still a big call to throw on Edmondson it worked well, Kent scored a wonderful goal and also worked very very hard going back the way, put in a great defensive shift um, as well, so over the piece and uh, Hadji adds that wee bit of quality uh, in the middle part the final third, um, with, the, with his passing uh, and his endeavour and uh, yeah, I think for Stephen Gerrard it was a massive result and uh, one that he thoroughly deserved, but I know we're lo- looking at midweek, Gordon, but he's got to go and build on that now and make sure that there's a result today at Tynecastle. Fraser Wisher, what in particular for you makes it such an impressive result? Because I, th- I mean, I think it obviously speaks for itself. We know it's a good result. What what makes it so good? Is it is it the comeback? Is it the the contrast from the domestic form to the European form? What, what in particular stands out and makes it such a an important achie- achievement for you? I think it's probably all of the above, and it's also when you look at uh, Braga, not one of the, the biggest names in, in European football, but you judge them since the new managers come in, and the results they've had domestically, the results they've had in Europe as well, you know, against teams like Wolves, who've taken uh, the Europa League seriously this year, so, so you're, you're playing against a, a good quality team, and, and I think uh, over the two legs, just the determination. I mean, and Roger was talking about 60 minutes gone at, at Ibrox. You know, he's spot on. How Rangers get out of that with a victory, I don't think anybody knows. But it was desire. It was just willingness to get back into the game. Uh, at one stage, it was looking like it could be more than 2-0 to Braga. But Rangers managed to get that victory. And, and it was a terrific performance away, away from home. At no point watching the game did I feel that Rangers were in danger over, over in Braga and against a very good team. And I think Steven Gerrard got it tactically spot on with his wider players just dropping back. And uh, Scott Arfield and Ryan Jack absolute standing in midfield covering for fullbacks umpteen times Arfield was covering for Barisic for the overlap overlapping fullback from from uh, from uh, Braga so uh, many many aspects to to that victory and it's just confusing as to why the team hasn't done as well since the winter break they have that in them they have these types of performances in them we've seen it and then for the second year running they, they, they lose or sorry they collapse after after the, the winter break having beaten Celtic just before the winter break 
and that's the questions that I think that need to be analysed because at the moment I don't see them get back into into the league. So Europe, I, I don't know if they can go the whole way, but the Scottish Cup tonight is absolutely critical because they would be doing everything they want to stop Celtic getting a quadruple treble, and that's their best route. I think a caller to Super Scoreboard last night put it beautifully. He put it into context what happened in uh, Braga on Wednesday night. He said it felt great to be a Rangers fan and watch Rangers go one step further in a tournament, any tournament, one step further than Celtic did. Now, everything in this city is seen in the context of Celtic versus Rangers, Rangers versus Celtic. So it's made the Rangers fans feel better about the team and themselves. When I said in the intro, Rangers haven't won the Scottish Cup for 11 years. Some people might even not remember who they were playing in the final. It was Falkirk. And they might not remember who scored the winning goal. It was Nacho Novo. That's how long it's been for Rangers and their fans in the wilderness. And to go to Braga, to win that tie, to go from dead and buried to home and hosed, it's a big moment for the Rangers fans. But as Mark Guidi rightly says, count for nothing if Hearts win tonight. Roger Hanna, a bit more on Bayer Leverkusen then. I'm sure everyone was... Eager to see what that draw would throw up Would you get the absolute glamour You know that the Man United Maybe you know the Inter Milan Something like that Would you get a so-called easier tie I don't think anything really exists At this stage of the competition um, But Rangers kind of got a, an awkward one in the middle Didn't they? It's quite glamorous It's not as glamorous as it could have been But it's also a pretty difficult one From a footballing sense Yeah bang in the middle Listen, They're a decent side They're fourth or fifth in Germany In a very tight Bundesliga this season They've got some very decent players Kai Havertz A German international attacking midfielder Being probably the elite player in the squad Um, I usually like to see a second leg back home um, You know for a Scottish club But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing If Rangers could get a repeat of the Braga performance, the Braga result, and just of something to take over to the Bay Arena and protect in a second leg. I, I genuinely would not rule Rangers out of this tie. Mark Greedy, what did you make of that when you saw that draw coming out yesterday lunchtime? <clears throat> Leverkusen, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's decent. I think, um, to be honest, I think Rangers, if you to offer them the pick of the, the, the 15 teams, you'd probably want Copenhagen, <clears throat> I would imagine, because I think. You know, they probably expected Celtic to beat them over the two legs. So I think um, Leverkusen is probably kind of sixth or seventh uh, in the pot. So I'd say it's more difficult rather than, than easier. But I think we've all learned under Stephen Gerrard um, and his Rangers team, you don't rule Rangers out of anything. They're at home first at Ibrox. Or maybe suit them, you know, give them a chance to maybe try and, you know, nick a lead to, to, to go and take over there perhaps. Or, you know, certainly going away from home on the back of the, the Braga performance and result they won't go over there scared or with an, an inferiority complex in any shape or form so um, look on paper you would say by a level cushion are the favourites for sure but you can't rule Rangers out absolutely no way where did it go wrong for Celtic Mark Weedy uh, I thought Celtic well I think somebody said uh, earlier one of the boys said they should have been three up inside 20 minutes um, over in Copenhagen but they weren't and they're out I thought on, on Thursday night watching the game on the telly, that Celtic just looked disjointed. It was very bitty. They never get into a rhythm, never get into a flow. I think all things been equal, Scott Brown wouldn't have played. He didn't look 100% fit to me. And the fact that Insham wasn't available and Christie was suspended, probably forced Neil Lennon's hand um, to play him. Edward scored with a, the cheekiest of cheeky penalty kicks to get them back in it with 10 minutes to go. But I thought apart from that, the ball was coming off and wasn't up to his usual standard. Um, so... 
Yeah, maybe did they maybe just take it for granted that the hard work was done and they're maybe taking an eye off the ball slightly. Maybe that's the case. But uh, look, it's done now and um, it's uh, it's a sore one, a real, real sore one for them, you know, in, in, in terms of the prestige and also financially as well. It cost them a few million quid, which for Rangers too, every penny counts. And, uh, you know, beating Braga, getting through will be upwards of £3 million extra into the Rangers coffers. Roger Hanna, I'm simplifying this a bit, but based on what we got on the feedback from last night's show, in terms of calls and tweets, Celtic fans are a bit divided. It's either individual mistakes, whether it be Suminovic, I, or anyone else you want to add to the mix, or it was Neil Lennon's fault. He should have played 3-5-2, he should have played Lee Griffiths. Why did he change it when we were winning? Which one do you subscribe to? Um, well, the 4-2-3-1 has served Celtic very well in Europe this season. The, the one home and away against Lazio, who could go top of Serie A this afternoon when they play their game. So, difficult to pick holes in the formation. I think if you're going to go 4-2-3-1, um, I think your preferred central defensive pairing should be Ayer and Julian. I think they've been best together. So, I'm not too sure why Simunovic was in, Ayer was pushed out to right back, and Frimpong was left on the bench. That might have been something we would have tweaked. I think Mark Goody's right. Scott Brown did not look 100% fit. You could perhaps say the same about James Forrest as well, who just wasn't up to you know, the normal performance he puts in for Celtic in Europe. So, a lot of things went wrong. But at 1 1, when Edward scores that extravagant penalty kick, you think. Just calm it down for five minutes. Calm it down. Take it into extra time. You've then got half an hour to score the goal. But there just seemed to be too much excitement right through the place. That ball from Julian in hard to Tom Rogic on halfway. He seemed to try and chest it back to Brown. Brown was on his heels. And from a position where Celtic should just have calmed things down, taken their time and won the tie, they managed to hit the self-destruct button. Yeah, we can talk about the tactics all day long, Gordon. My simple opinion is... At home, are Celtic more a threat and better with Griffiths up front with Edward? Yes, totally, 100%, in my opinion. But I don't think that was down to Thursday night. I thought it was just the fact of terrible defending. Absolutely schoolboy defending. And the defenders have got to take a lot of responsibility for it. And even if you give an, an average team those opportunities, it's going to come back and bite you. Celtic weren't at their sharpest They missed a couple of good chances in the first half And as the game went on And then when Edward scored up As Mark Guidi says Absolutely fantastic To have the confidence At you know 1-0 down To just think that is incredible it's, really, a, it's a shame for him That it didn't count for much Craig Because it's yeah. been completely lost and, uh, Right so Celtic go out That's the, the sort of headline But what an outrageous display of bottle That it was Yeah bottle bravery Um but an unbelievable execution as well. The, the technique to actually execute that under pressure is, is phenomenal. And listen, he showed all season and, and last season as well. He's he's a top top striker that's going to move for many millions of pounds. But listen, I've read a lot of stuff after the game. I watched the game. I've done my own analysis from the game. And ultimately, for me, it's come down to you know two two comments: missed chances and poor defending. And I said last Saturday on the show when we were going over the, the previous Thursday um, out in Copenhagen that. You know, there was a lot of chances missed out there, and I said that I just hope that Celtic didn't it didn't come back to to bite Celtic on the backside, and you know that's transpired. Um, missed chances coupled with poor defending saw Neil Lennon exit Europe. The Celtic supporters will say, "Don't care, we're going for the quadruple treble and ten in a row." However, they should ask themselves why Celtic have not won in a knockout match in Europe at Celtic Park since two thousand and four under Martin O'Neill. 
They should ask themselves why Celtic have gone out in the round of 32 in the Europa League four times in the last six years. Domestic domination is all very well and it is history making. If Celtic get nine in a row for the second time, that's history. If they become the first club ever to win ten in a row, that is history of a domestic nature. But the defending was awful. They should have bought a defender in the January window for two reasons. One, there was a glaring need for another central defender. And number two, Julian, Ayer and Simonovic go in unopposed every week because there's nobody else. Hugh, Hugh's quite right, Roger. That stat they read, you know, or the fact about Celtic and, and knockout football, it's, it's undeniable. I wonder, though, if, if this is the one that sort of stings the most because of the level of opposition. They're obviously decent. However... Th- Celtic created a lot of chances against them And if you go over that period Hugh mentioned Celtic have been knocked out in these types of games by Zenit No shame there Valencia, no shame there Juventus in the Champions League, no shame there So to, to take that, you know how, how long was the period? 20 years? What did you say? 16? 2004 was the last time Celtic won a knockout match 16 year period, it sounds bad If you look at some of the opposition that knocked them out in that time Roger There's no shame in it However this one, this will be the one that stings Because really Celtic on top of their game should have knocked Copenhagen out yeah I think we said when the draw was made I think I made the comparison with Zenith and Valencia from the last two seasons that FC Copenhagen just weren't at that same level as either Zenith or Valencia uh, we tipped Celtic to go through I think all of us tipped Celtic to go through Celtic should have gone through and yet somehow they managed to contrive to lose the tie lose a tie that should have been out of sight in the first leg in Denmark and once they got level as we say with Edward's penalty they should have seen it out they didn't see it out though and you know, it was a huge disappointment I know there were supporters phoning the show last night to say domestic nine in a row the quadruple treble is all that matters and you know it, it is hugely Historic, significant achievements by this Celtic team, but it must hurt them the underachievement against FC Copenhagen because Roger. the chance was there. And you see the draw. Would you have fancied Celtic against Istanbul Basaksa here? Of course you would. Roger, they've gone out of the Champions League qualifiers and now the round of 32 in the Europa League by imploding at Celtic Park, imploding against Cluj, the Champions League qualifier. That costs you a lot of money. And now they've imploded against Copenhagen. And that costs you money as well. How did they manage to right some of those wrongs in between though? Because of course, you're absolutely right. But I think that misses out some of the good stuff in the middle. Where they beat teams like Lazio and they scooshed through the group. I mean, properly scooshed through the group, remember. We wrapped up with two games to go. That's How did they manage to to do that in the middle? And then revert back to... The, the Cluj form if you like Well football got them You know who expects Jozo Simonovic to attempt The pass back that he attempted Who expects that And uh, who expects When it's 1-1 As you say with A very cheeky penalty kick It's 1-1 The ball's in your court You've got 60,000 fans there It's Celtic Park Never mind extra time Celtic could have been capable of going ahead and snatching through Griffiths or Edward or McGregor or whoever. Should they have maybe settled for extra time though? Is yeah. that is that not where the problem came from? That sort of that sort of urgency, like, oh quick, we're back in it, let's let's go for it. Is is that not actually what well, Celtics are doing I, on the night? I, I, I suppose the Celtic way. And the Celtic way is not to think, right, let's just calm everything down. 
uh, you know, it applied against Cluj as well. They just blew up on the night as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, at 1-1, it moves into the unforgivable category to lose not one, but two goals before the end. The only thing I would say, Gordon, I think that Celtic went into that game fully confident. And sometimes that just takes the edge away from you. If I was Neil Lennon, I totally understand that getting out of Europe is a massive disappointment. Of course it is. But from January up until Thursday night, uh, even when they get back in 1-1, you've seen the dangers. Um, you know, Copenhagen breaking on them. They never... They never. You, you're right, I would have seen the game uh, extra time. Taking the 30 uh, minutes at Celtic Park, I think they would have won the game. But... <laughs> As much as it is money-wise, much as it is the fact that disappointment, I think this season, especially this season, it's all about the domestic game for Celtic. Okay, let's leave that there because we do have three big championship games that we're focusing on kicking off at three o'clock. Don't forget, we've got two massive, massive Scottish Cup ties later on. One at Tynecastle, one in Paisley. So we'll go back around the grounds next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Craig Beatty, and Gordon Diel in the studio, the top team all around the three championship games this afternoon. As the afternoon progresses, we will go to Tynecastle, get you all the build up and team news from Hearts against Rangers. What a standout cup tie that is going to be in the capital this afternoon. Rangers have had their difficulties at Tynecastle this season. Hugh Keevans But it's always a fixture you look out for Hearts against Rangers at Tynecastle There's always something special about it And this is now at a time when it's a cup quarter final Rangers coming off the back of Europe Hearts yeah. are struggling There's just so many ingredients that should make tonight an absolute cracker For me the number one ingredient is That word again Tangible Rangers can beat Braga They can look back on the European ties Played under Steven Gerrard And look back on them with immense pride they still lack a tangible sign that the wilderness years are over and they have a major trophy. Therefore, at the moment, the Scottish Cup looks the only and the best bet. That's why it would be unthinkable from Stephen Gerrard's point of view to end this week with a defeat to Hearts. I think he'll regret the fact that uh, Florian Camberry is cup-tied and can't take any part in this because in Braga and in Perth last Sunday he looked very good indeed. But Morelos is back and even an outside chance of uh, Jermaine Defoe being back. Given the way things have been going for Hearts and given that Rangers are coming off the back of a tremendous, prestigious result in Portugal... I think they will wipe the floor. I can't with see. Hearts. I can't see Rangers scoring this afternoon. What? I really can't. No, nope. uh, Hearts defenders with goggles on a rope. How are you <laughs> going to get through that, Hugh? That's impossible. <laughs> we will get to that a bit later on. Plenty of more time to build up to that game because it doesn't kick off for uh, until half past five. So let's go around our three o'clock games. They're all in the Championship. I don't think we got team news from you, Roger Hanna, Queen of the South against Morton. 
Yeah, we've got a team news now, and Alan Johnson's reacted to that defeat last week to Dundee. Dropped them into ninth place in the relegation playoff spot. Three changes and also a change of formation. Out go David Devine and Abdul Osman from the squad altogether. Demantas Petravisius is dropped to the bench. It'll go Ross Stewart and goal. It's a back four as opposed to the three they played last week. Scott Mercer, Lee Kildee, Callum Semple and Kevin Holt. Midfield four, Darren Lyon, Daniel Pybus, Ian Wilson and Michael Payton. And up top, Jack Hamilton is added to the team alongside Stephen Doby on the bench. Ledger, Kidd, Oliver, Irving, Gourley, Petrovicius and Layfield. As for Morton, just one change from the side that won at Somerset Park against the Aaron Tuesday night. Club captain Jim McAllister is back into his usual midfield beat. Young Cameron Blues dropping to the bench. So there's Danny Rogers in goal. It's a back four of Reagan Tumulty, Jack Baird, Sean McGinty and Lewis Strapp. Midfield holders are Kel Jacobs and Jim McAllister. And then it's Nicky Cadden, Luca Colville and Aidan Nesbitt behind lone frontman Calvin Orsay on the bench. McLean, Miller, Muirhead, McHugh, McGuffey, Blues and Rams bottom. The referee at Palmerston this afternoon Gordon is Ewan Anderson. And Roger never let it be said that Beat the Pundit is just a bit of harmless fun. You can really learn things from Beat the Pundit and I learned in the last couple of weeks that Queen of the South are the longest serving team in the Championship. Of all the teams in the Championship they've been there the longest and it reminded me of when we asked the question on air to Gordon DL who is the longest serving team in the championship at the moment who did you say? I was unlucky I said Falkirk <laughs> who are not in the championship <laughs> at all so there you I go Roger laugh, does it? I get nothing earlier on the year Roger so. there is your there's your pointless piece of information you can hang on to that do what you want with it well I think Alan Johnson will be hanging on to it and he would love that record to be extended another season because just you know speaking to a couple of the fans down here coming into the game there are genuine concerns that this slump of Queen of the South could see them drop out of the championship for the first time in many years it's a crucial four days for them they'll look to end Morton's undefeated run this afternoon and then they have got your real six-pointer at Hill on Tuesday night against Rock Bottom Partick Thistle and they will be desperate to go there with the insurance of a six point gap ahead of the Jags uh, Don't you worry I've got a pointless piece of info for you all for, for every game Aloha Mark Guidi I know you can't get to sleep at night until you've heard my pointless stat for your game so Aloha yeah, yep. the lowest home scorers in the league but the highest away scorers go figure yeah. Oh wow yeah, so yeah you, you, I, I knew that, knew that Yeah, I knew you yeah. would um, Anyway, on a more serious note um, I'm, I'm thinking more from, from an air perspective at, at the moment, Mark Once you get to well, Let's call it March Give or take a few hours Once you get to the start yeah. of March And you have the chance To go within a point of second place And, and, and you know, strengthen your hold in that playoff position Do you think players really do start to dream about mm. The possibility of promotion? Yeah, yeah, I think you do. I think now, as you say, God, we're, we're, we're a day or two away from March, and for most of the teams, you're now in, in the championship. You're, you're into the last ten games, thirty points up for grabs. It's what we call the business end of the season. It's where, the, hopefully, you know, the winter, the worst of the weather's out of the way. The lighter nights are coming in. It's a wee bit more pleasant to train. Pitches should be better on a Saturday, and you've now got a focus on a prize. You know pretty much what you're aiming for. Whether that's to beat the drop, to get in the playoffs or to win the title. So there's usually one or two teams that are caught nowhere um, in between all that. And for Ian United, it's about trying to get into that, that playoff place, secure it, uh, make sure they do it uh, again. And obviously for another the home team, it's, it's about beating the drop. But yeah, for, for Ian United, big incentive today with Dundee not playing their game postponed um, against the Broth. This is a chance for Ian um, United to uh, go into third place. And that's psychologically, that's a big, big thing for, um, for Mark Kearney's players. Thinking about the battle of the goal scorers that you've got, Fraser, between Kevin Nisbet and Lawrence Shankland, as we mentioned earlier, 28 for Shankland this season, 
29 if you add his Scotland goal on How much do you think that will be in the the forefront of his mind at, at the moment With that Israel game looming very soon How how much do you think he'll be, be trying to keep his place I know we've got a few players coming back Lee Griffiths being one of them Guys that weren't available for previous squads yeah, we're a bit stronger in, in, in that area and whether Lawrence makes the squad or not is, is perhaps open to, to, to question but to play for your international team and your national team when you're playing in the, the second tier I think is absolutely terrific and, uh, and he scored a lot of goals at this, this level and, and it'll be really interesting if he does stay at Dundee United he'll be making noises this week that that might be the case as to how he does because he plays in a team that's always in the front foot here always a dominant team no matter who they're playing so he gets plenty of chances uh, whereas next year Dundee United when they come up and I'm looking to my right and the stand is probably about 80% full to my right hand side and filling and that's the biggest stand in this ground so there'll be 1,500 to 2,000 away fans here as well they'll come in numbers next season but I've done the we'll probably want to consolidate so he won't get as many chances so it will be interesting to, to, to see how he does when he steps up to that level but I think young Nisbet's achievement is, is equally if not better I think he was making that, that point a team that's a free fall recently a team in mid-table a team in seventh and if Alawa and Queen of the South were to win today they are in real trouble of, of getting into that playoff place if they don't win today Dunfermline so to score 22 goals in your first season for, for the club at this level I think it's a huge achievement as well and I'm looking forward to seeing seeing them both not only for their goal scoring but seeing how how do they play because they're playing against good players here especially Nisbet's playing against Premiership standard players like Mark Connolly so interesting 90 minutes ahead I don't necessarily expect this to be a priority for those involved at Dundee United at the moment but for everyone else Fraser for us for instance we know that they are, are, are going to win the league do we spend the next couple of weeks and months sort of judging them and, and assessing them and seeing how we think they would cope in the top flight yeah I think so I think so I've not seen them this season I saw them last season and uh, they, they were up and down I saw them two or three times and you know, I, th- I think they ended up not, obviously not getting promotion but probably where they deserve to be this year they've invested heavily and they've also given a number of the players uh, long term contracts the players they brought in some of the Americans as well Lon Shankland himself and, and others almost all the players they've signed are in long term contracts so I don't see them in a huge turnaround they obviously need to add to their squad but their budget for, for wages already is higher than most of the teams in the Premiership, certainly in the bottom half of the table. So you've got, they've got to be very careful in terms of income won't increase hugely. Uh, and, and obviously longer term you can get yourself into, into bother. But Mark Ogren is underwriting all of that, the American owner, investing in his team to get them up and get them back into to where, they, where they belong. And I said earlier, over the last 30, 40 years, they've been one of our... Great, great clubs as well. You know the, the, the trophies they've won in the 80s when I was playing. What a fantastic team they had. They won the league. They got to the final of the UEFA Cup. They got to the semis of the of what's now the Champions League, the Euro, Euro, uh, European Cup. So they've got a team that are there that should be in the Premiership. But they've got to get there. They will get there. And I think Robbie Nielsen will be planning for next season already. So Dunfermline, Dundee United, Alloa Air, Queen of the South, Morton. Those are the three Championship games kicking off at three o'clock. But that's just the starter. It's Scottish Cup quarter final weekend. Hibs are through after the. Friday night football at half past five Rangers at Tynecastle and then even later St Mirren against Aberdeen as well St Johnson Celtic still to come tomorrow so stay tuned we're here until six o'clock we'll get the three o'clock games up and running next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors the form team for compensation for more than 40 years talk to Thompson's.com and it is full time actually in that game Queen of the South Morton let's get the story with Roger Hanna Queen of the South nil Morton 4 David Hall Hopkins men are just 
lost a single point off the promotion playoffs at the top of the championship after extending their unbeaten league run to eight games. They were never under threat here. And rain swept in Fries this afternoon. They could have taken the lead inside four minutes. Calvin Orsi heading wide from a corner. But they did take the lead after 25 minutes. The outstanding Nicky Cadden making progress down the left-hand side. He fired in across. The Queen's goalkeeper, Ross Stewart, slapped it. It didn't get any distance in the clearing. And there was Reagan Tumulty up from right back to finish with his left foot. There was more problems for Queens when they lost defender Scott Mercer to injury before the break when they were two down, just 60 seconds from the interval. Again, Cadden, the creator, down the left-hand side, a deep cross to the back post, the goalkeeper nowhere, and there was Aidan Nisbet for an easy finish from close range. Queens hoped to profit when they had the wind at the backs in the second half. They almost got a goal back inside 60 seconds, substitute the Mentas Petrovicius inches wide with an acrobatic effort at the back post. But Morton, once they harnessed the elements, always looked the more impressive side. Cadden had a shot deflected wide and then got a deserved goal 12 minutes from time won the ball on the right hand side of the box turned on to his left foot and fired a shot across goalkeeper Stewart and inside the far post half-hearted appeal from the home defenders for a foul but referee Ewan Anderson quite rightly waving play on giving Cadden the goal for three three became four a minute from the end substitute Craig McGuffey netting I'm not sure how much he knew about it it was a clearance from Lee Day in a packed six yard box it flew off substitute McGuffey and flew high past goalkeeper Stewart into the top corner of the net. Fantastic victory for Morton. The players are over on the far side celebrating with a decent travelling support from Greenock. David Hopkins got a lot to celebrate. Two away wins in a week. They're just a point off the playoffs. Queen of the South nil. Morton 4. It's also finished between Alloa and Air United, Mark Guidi. Full time, Alloa nil, Air United 2 and a good win for the honest men that takes them above Dundee and into third spot into the, the championship table. And they got off to a perfect start in the eighth minute when Aaron Drennan gave them the lead, but it was a disaster for the Alloa goalkeeper, Kieran Wright. He dropped a routine cross at the feet of Drennan, six yards out, and with a cheeky back heel, he's back to goal. He put the ball in the net. But the home team came back at uh, Air United and it was some tremendous goalkeeping from Ross Doohan that made sure that Air kept a clean sheet. He pulled off four saves in the space of three minutes in the first half. He denied Ian Flanagan, Kevin O'Hara, Liam Dick and Robert Thompson with some fine goalkeeping and then later on he denied Kevin O'Hara again just before the interval. Air could have been two ahead in the 41st minute on the counter-attack Alan Forrest played in Drennan and he shot from 12 yards came back off the goalkeeper's left-hand post after the break Alor kept at it trying to get an equaliser Troughton came close but it was denied by Doohan and then in the 83rd minute a piece of brilliance from Alan Forrest a beautiful finish right foot shot from the edge of the box into the goalkeeper's top left-hand corner postage stamp stuff and no chance for the keeper he uh, Jordan Houston could have made it 3-0 in the last minute of the game, but he was denied a brilliant point-blank save from Kieran Wright to keep his team in it, maybe in the chance for a late comeback. But that didn't happen. Aloha stay where they are, third bottom of the table. But for um, Air United, a great afternoon for them as they go into third. Full-time here, Aloha nil, Air United 2. Still waiting in the full-time whistle from Dunfermline Dundee United. So it's a good day for Air, it's a good day for Morton. Bad for Queen of the South and Alloa and by the knock-on effect, a good day for Partick Thistle, Hugh Keevans. They're not oh. even playing. Yeah, but as I repeat, other folk won't keep you up. You keep yourselves up or you fail to keep yourselves up. So Partick Thistle now have got to do themselves a turn. Uh, well done, David Hopkin, though. That's a terrific result away from home, terrific run of form from Morton and... Uh, 
They are now very much involved in that playoff process So they continue to climb What a story that would be if they came up Yeah, great result for Morton Gordon You don't need to make these decisions Hugh and Alex Ray on Monday night Will have to pick their result of the weekend And well, we need to wait and see what happens in the cup But I'm sure Morton would be a contender Oh, certainly uh, I'm not surprised with Morton's uh, form just now, Gordon When you hear their team and their bench They've got some good players there Good experienced players I like the manager I think he's a decent manager uh, So they're looking up the way Not down the way And that's a terrific three points And to go to Queen of South They're struggling But still put four by them And he's had a good week Yeah, we discussed um, Morton How strong they were as well at the, Even the bench was very strong And I, you know, I mentioned that regular On the show that I'll have a wee look at um, Teams starting the livings But then you go to their bench To see how strong how much strength and depth they actually have and Morton's one of the teams and I know we, we joked that they've went behind a few times and how's George Bowie going to be when he comes in because he's a big Morton fan but you know, that seems like a long time ago now that they're, they're touching the playoff places and giving themselves a chance Oh, bits and pieces will be getting played mm. double the volume tonight Hugh Evans, because a 4-0 victory away from home you cannot complain with that It's time that Morton co-opted George Bowie onto the board <laughs> so that we can then revisit when the hierarchy go rogue <laughs> Uh, can you imagine Bowie a, a director? No Would be the answer uh, To that Don't forget The open line Is going to be here In just a few moments time So if you want to get in touch We would love to hear from you And the number you need Is 0141 951 1025 Rangers fans You're going to have Half an hour to build up To kick off At Tyne Castle What are you expecting? Can you take the European Feel good factor Into the Scottish Cup? And how concerned are you about the absence of Alfredo Morelos? Just a couple of the topics that might interest you. And of course, Celtic fans, tomorrow, it's all about bouncing back. How do you do it? Pick your team. Would you go with Scott Brown again? Did he look like he wasn't fully fit the other night? Maybe you would leave him out. Bring back Ryan Christie, Olivier and Cham. Do you continue your great form at St. Johnson? Just a few pointers for you. 01419511025. And we will be on Twitter at Clyde SSB. And I'll tell you what, you're not far from here as well. St. Mirren Aberdeen at 20 past 7 tonight. That's a cracking cup tie in Paisley. Derek McInnes going for, he hopes, his ninth semi final appearance as Aberdeen manager. In that time, he's managed to win the League Cup. And that's it. And that was six years ago And Derek needs um, Fresh impetus The home record is diabolical 21 points dropped to Pataudry And they've lost the last four league games On the bounds Now they did very well against Kilmarnock To win the replay there But He's got to come down to Paisley And demonstrate the gulf Which should exist between A St Mirren and an Aberdeen that's the task in front of him But Jim Goodwin Has revived <clears throat> St Mirren And they will be Formidable opponents And it won't be easy But Derek McInnes Needs this one I hope we don't have to give Fraser Wisher Time and a half Because it's 5-5 five to five And that game is still not finished Between mm. Dunfermline And Dundee United So I don't know what on earth Is going on there But we'll get you the full time whistle soon I'm sure Fraser will know his rights Gordon So if he's due time and a half It's finished He's just been <laughs> home I think that's a certainty Yeah as, as Hugh says Gordon Three more good cup ties to come It's yeah. not ideal at the time When they're all spread out But it gives us something To look forward to Yeah uh, We start with obviously At Tyne Castle I think that'll be a cracker I'm looking forward to St Mirren Aberdeen Yeah uh, I think St Mirren will fancy it Hugh uh, Home advantage uh, Playing Playing good football Scoring goals 
uh, Aberdeen as you rightly said they're not in the best uh, league for them so it'll be a real good game and then tomorrow a place at Celtic Lake going to Perth uh, McDermott Park so I'd fancy Celtic go through in that <clears> one but it's all about tonight the two games tonight who'll be in the semi-final by what 9, 10 o'clock tonight I'll, I'll, interesting to see. I'll bet you when the Aberdeen fans left Hamden after the penalty shootout that defeated Celtic in the cup final in 1990 didn't think well you know what could be 30 years before we're back here and before we're winning it certainly yeah um, you know and that's it's just too long for a club like Aberdeen 30 years without winning the Scottish Cup you know too long and what a boost it would be to Derek and all the players and everyone associated with the club if they could do it this season but oh might have to beat Celtic and Rangers to get there See I thought I'd keep an eye on Twitter Just to make sure Fraser Wisher wasn't at it um, And it says Dunfermline Athletic 90 plus 6 <laughs> Goal kick to Dunfermline But there we go The full time whistle has gone And Fraser Wisher is here Dunfermline 2 Dundee United 0 More than 6 minutes of stoppage time But at the end of it Dundee United's supposed procession to the championship title Hit a big bump in the road They were well beaten by a very impressive Dunfermline side goes on either half by the informed Kevin Nisbet and on loan Celtic striker Jonathan Afolabi have given the Pars the deserved three points they completely dominated the first half United didn't have one decent effort at goal during the first 45 minutes and behind to Kevin Nisbet opener in 26 minutes Kyle Turner really impressive in midfield throughout play a lovely ball over the top and Nisbet was first to get to and he rose to power ahead of high past Benjamin Segrist in goal you're looking for a United reaction but it was more of the same in the second half Pars on the front foot Nisbet drove into the box and stung the palms of Segrist with a fierce shot although the referee gave a goal kick Apare had an effort uh, a couple of minutes later curling just wide from 20 yards and Robbie Nielsen knew he needed a change he brought on McMullen for Paul and it was a bit more lively than McMullen throwing a few balls into the box but on the hour it was 2-0 Nisbet this time involved setting up Don Thomas on the right a step over low right foot cross to the back post and then came Afolabi to turn the ball into the back of the net the young striker was his first senior goal he celebrated with the supporters, his own supporters, but was booked by the referee. The blow for Parsons, 75, Nisbet limped off injured, looked like an ankle injury as he landed awkwardly after a challenge in the air with Paul Watson. Very, very innocent, but Afolabi now was up front on his own and he clashed with Watson going for a long ball. It looked like a penalty to me, but again, referee Graham Beaton said no, one of his many decisions that baffled the fans on both sides, not his best day. Scotland striker Lauren Shackland, a very quiet day, hardly seen until the 83rd minute, half chance, and as good strikers do, he turned it into almost a goal when he shot narrowly over with Fawn Williams really scrambling the striker then looked as if he was going to score lovely cross to the right from McMullen looks like a tap in for Shanklin but a brilliant tackle by Danny Devine denied the striker a consolation goal United stuttering form continues the Fenland's eyes will be on the promotion playoffs after an excellent performance and now two points off fourth place my super score man in the match Kevin Nisbet not only for his goal but his general play throughout was excellent full time at East End Park the Fenland 2 Dundee United 0 and now it's over to you, your chance to have your say on the open line 0141 951 1025. Have your team played already this afternoon? If so, what did you make of it? Rangers fans, half an hour to kick off at Tynecastle. How confident are you after Braga or do you still have domestic concerns? And what about the absence of Alfredo Morelos? Not anywhere in the squad for Rangers this afternoon. Celtic fans, let's hear from you ahead of the trip to St Johnston tomorrow. You've got a terrific record there, but coming off the back of Midweek disappointment Talk to us 0141 951 1025 The open line is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com
Hugh Kevens, Craig Beattie and Gordon DL are here And they are here to take your calls So get in touch on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB And talk to us about a number of things The build up to kick off between Hearts and Rangers With no Alfredo Morelos Or perhaps the build up to Celtic's trip to St Johnston The build up to St Mirren Aberdeen Or a look back on any of today's action Queen of the South, Morton, Dunfermline, Dundee United, Alloa Air a bit of a reduced fixture card for us this afternoon But we are looking forward to the Scottish Cup tonight, Hugh It's always one of the standout fixtures anyway Hearts yeah. against Rangers at Tynecastle Never mind in a Scottish Cup quarter-final Never mind on the back of European success Never mind in the midst of domestic um, inconsistency oh. as well So there's so many things to look forward to tonight It's a depleted Hearts <laughs> against a buoyant Rangers After their result in Braga Um Having looked at both sides Even Rangers minus Morelos They have to be too strong For Hearts altogether And I think Steven Gerrard would do well To just tell everyone why Morelos is not there Because of late His off-field and on-field life Has been mired in negative headlines Steven Gerrard has confirmed that Alfredo Morelos has been left out Due to a disciplinary issue He has spoken To Premier Sports or the TV broadcaster um, Doing the game tonight He did not fly back from Colombia on time Wasn't at training It's a disciplinary issue It's not an injury It's not form related It's disciplinary And Alfredo Morelos has been left out He came back 24 hours late All of his professional life Steven Gerrard has lived by the highest professional standards And uh, for him Morelos coming back late No matter where he has been For whatever purpose Will be unacceptable to Steven Gerrard And that's why Even though the tie Is of vital importance To Steven Gerrard On a personal level Because he really cannot afford to go out of the cup Even though The pressure is on him He has said I will abide by My professional standards He did not He's out I've got to say You're 100% right I totally applaud The Rangers manager And his stance and what he does is he sets the example, Gordon. And we're all talking about how important this game is for Rangers tonight. But he's got his standards. He had them as a player. He's now taking them into management. And he's got to stand by them. And, to, you know, I could a lot of other managers, and I've been in the position, and you're under a bit of pressure, and you have to win a certain game. And you're looking and you're thinking, I've got a massive decision to make. Steven Gerrard's made that massive decision tonight Because that is his top goal scorer And you can go and argue the fact Well, it's an easy one because he's not scored in the last He scored 1-8 in eight or 1-9, in nine, whatever it may be But you're going to Tynecastle A Rangers a better team with Morelis in it Yes, they are mm-hmm. There's no doubt in that But to go and make that stance I applaud that from the Rangers manager Yeah, you, you know This is Liverpool we're talking about here This is a man who was born and brought up Liverpool, who helped create the miracle in Istanbul, who does everything by the highest professional standards. And when a player offends his idea of high professional standards, then regardless of the game, regardless of the consequences of defeat, he stands by his principles. And Morelos sits it out because he wasn't good enough a professional. Yeah, listen, there's no question that you know the discipline at a club is vitally important. Um, 
Alfredo's obviously breached one of Stephen's rules by not returning in time. Um, I just hope that you know the the, the punishment fits the you know the, the alleged breach of rules. Um, but Stephen Gerrard's got to pick a squad and a and a team that he deems worthy of of basically progressing in the Scottish Cup. Um, he's made a huge decision in terms of leaving his star striker out. Um, you know, he, he could have potentially find him and still played him, him. But, yeah. you know, that, that would potentially have been an option for him He's obviously chose to, to leave him out um, That probably been a little bit easier Considering he's not in top form at present um, But a, a huge call from Stephen Gerrard I've, But one that he won't shy away from 01419511025 John is a Rangers fan from Cambus Lang What do you make of that, John? The manager just confirming there Alfredo Morelos missing tonight due to a disciplinary issue Not Back in time from Colombia. What do you make of it? Well, obviously I've just heard it, but uh, no player's bigger than the club, whether he's our best player or no. Uh, he's, he's got to set a standard, and if it is true that he's it's a disciplinary matter, well, I'm, I'm quite happy for him to drop him because end of the day, you can't kind of one rule for one, one rule for other. It doesn't matter how many goals he scored. I've been on this program many times this season, seeing how much I thought my else has changed and all that, but. It's time for him. The penny's got to drop eventually, but now we've got options. We can Barry coming in, Defoe coming back, and Stuart starting the night. He's he's got a chance to show that he he can be a Rangers. But I don't think he's had really a chance at Rangers, eh, Stuart. And uh, this is his chance tonight to show what he can do for Rangers. And uh, as I say, Kambari can come in now, Defoe. We're not a man one man team up front now. Eh, mm. and I know he's not scored a lot. Recently, I mean, they're starting all right with him now, and you can tell that. And he's he's not been the same player after Christmas uh, before he was, and I think there's an underlying issue there somewhere. But no, no manager for me to say. No manager can be messed about by a player, no matter how good the player is, no matter how many goals he has scored, and certainly no manager who arrived at Ibrox, the iconic figure that Steven Gerrard was when he arrived, no manager of his. Standing in the game Can be messed about by a player And therefore He has shown the highest principles The highest professional standards And said I don't care who he is And I don't care what the match means to me On a personal level He let me down He's out John do you feel that shows strong management From Stephen Gerrard? Of course it does I would expect him to do that with any player at Rangers As I say He's been at Liverpool He's been there when there's players like uh, Duff and Balotelli and players like this, players with problems and that, but he knows that he's got to set a standard in that dressing room. If he starts picking players who are underlining him or the club, that, that then the, the boys at the window, as far as I'm concerned, that you've got to uh, go with your principles. I mean, you, can, you can't just let people do what they want to do, especially at a club, a big, a big club like Rangers. No player's bigger than Rangers and no player ever will be bigger than that club and the manager's got to stick, uh, stick uh, to his guns with this one and it's up to Morales now before the, now the end of the season. If he's not want to be there next season, he's got to come in and prove that he's worth a move and if he's not, put him in the reserves because I'm, I'm, I'm sick of him, how many chances he's had now. I'm, I've stuck by him so many times but he's let his teammates down so many times and he's done it again and it's got a lot of Rangers fans I've spoke to are wanting them out the door if that's if that is attitude towards Rangers I mean Gordon there's also a simple and Craig you know this as well when you're preparing for games there's a simple football explanation to this I know people are hearing disciplinary and, and getting very 
you know, mm. you're getting all, all excited about it. But if he wasn't there to prepare for the game, you would give the nod to someone who was. I think that's what Stephen Gerrard mm. just said in TV. You know, I've chosen players who prepared for the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to be one of those that, that hang Morelis out to dry. Gone. Uh, he's not behaved in the right way. He's been late turning up, and the Rangers managers made a decision. Now, it sets a tone through the full club and the rest of the players. And I back the Rangers manager. I think he's right. But you just you don't all of a sudden say, "Well, that's Morelis finished. Let's get rid of him, whatever it may be." I've been in the situation where I've been fined and dropped for something that I shouldn't have done. Uh, and there's a lot better players than Morelis being the same position. Doesn't mean say your career's finished. Uh, there's no doubt in that. John goes on about well, it's good to have uh, Compare and 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 Stewart an opportunity. But the truth is, if you if you look at Morelis, he's far better than any of the two of them. But the Rangers manager has made a strong statement. And what will happen, no matter what happens after this game tonight, the, uh, the matter will probably be finished. And then it's up to Morelis to show the Rangers manager, I want back in the team because he's an asset. And let's not get away from that. What about uh, John's other point, Craig? And I think John was already calling to make this point before he even knew why. Morelos was injured But he felt like This was a good opportunity For Greg Stewart He feels like he's not had The opportunities he deserves Is it a big night now For Greg Stewart? Yeah most definitely um, you know, he's, he's going to come into the team um, He does offer quality Although we've not had a, a great opportunity To see what he offers He's got a few goals This season already But you know He's one of these players That he's not had a run In the team um, and, it, and it's difficult To, to maximise and, and show your full potential Unless you've had that run In the team Now with this bit of indiscipline from Alfredo Morelos keeping up, he may well have the opportunity to, you know, hopefully get an extended run in the team. And then, you know, fans like John will be a better place to make a, a decision on, you know, whether he's going to be a Rangers player in the future or not. But that, that's it, Hugh. That's the reality. Any football club, and it doesn't even matter why a player drops out, life goes on, football goes on, and, yeah. and it's left to the players who step in to show what they can do. I am taking this whole issue in isolation. It's all about this game tonight. I don't know what effect this will have on Alfredo Morelos tomorrow, never mind a month from now. This game tonight is vitally important to Rangers. Rangers need to win the Scottish Cup to give Stephen Gerrard something to show for two years in charge. Therefore, on a personal level, it's important to Stephen Gerrard. But he has said that he must be true to himself, first of all. And deal with other matters as they arise And being true to himself He can't have a player mess him about in that way Therefore that player at This time it's Alfredo Morelos It might be another player somewhere down the line But that player did not prepare properly for this match And mm. therefore by Steven Gerrard's high standards That player doesn't get to play in that match What about tonight's game in general John? What? Type of confidence the Rangers fans go to Tynecastle with at the moment Because let's be honest And try and put it politely Hearts are not very good But they somehow raise their game against Rangers And they've caused Rangers problems this season How confident are you feeling tonight? Quickly uh, I just want to say I never said when else is finished at Rangers I said his attitude doesn't change sure. He's finished at Rangers I'm no, I don't want him at the door I want his attitude to change but he's had so many chances. This isn't an isolated incident. The red cards last season and they're creeping in the end of this, uh, the year there. But uh, going to Tyne, I'll, I'll just say that just now, going to Tyne Castle, 
I felt confident going to uh, uh, McDermott Park last week after the result in Europe what happened. So Rangers are a Jekyll and Hyde team now. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. You can't put your finger in it. Against teams in Europe who come to play football, we find it easier to play against them, but we find it hard to break down teams. And I'd imagine Hearts are going to be a team that's going to be hard to break down. A physical team, it's what a way up for it tonight as well. Tynecastle will be a probably a, a sellout near enough and it's on TV and it's it's one of these ones where we, the players that perform in Europe, they've got to do your bread and butter league. There's some of the ones uh, the players have not done it after the, the, game, the big results in Europe. They've got to prove that every game means something to them playing for Rangers and not just the big European games. That's the way I feel. How much of it is about mentality tonight then and how much of it is quite simply about Football and how you how you perform. What's the? I think it's about both. You've got to have the right uh, attitude. You've got to start a game. You've got to win the battles. You'll have individual battles all over the pitch. You've got to try and come out on top of them. You know that Hearts are going to come at you. You know it's going to be difficult. You know the atmosphere. Uh, the good thing about Rangers is they've already lost there. They know exactly what they're getting into. Um, Stephen Gerrard will have them well warned. Hearts will feel confident because Rangers are the only team they seem to, you know, raise their game for and can beat. Uh, so it'll be interesting tonight. But I just feel that if Rangers go and start the game well tonight, they'll have too much quality. But if they start it the way they started against St Johnston and Perth, then they're in for a long night. It's a funny business, Craig, and we've said yeah. this before. You think we would learn from from our mistakes, but I just look at the Hearts midfield again and, and just wonder how how that stacks up against. A Rangers midfield this evening I, I don't know It yeah. doesn't seem on paper Like it should happen But it has in the past uh, Yeah it has And it You know the, the not too distant past That's happened um, But Gordon's right If And we, we do say this every week That if Rangers and Celtic Turn up And they play to their optimum Or they start correctly It's extremely difficult For any other team in Scotland To You know To, to cope with them And to match them And You know This could well prove the case Again tonight for Rangers And if they start the match brightly I think the the elation and the the, the the sort of the positive carryover from Thursday night will kick in, and it will be a, a long old evening for Hearts. But if they don't start the game properly, then there's maybe a bit of mental fatigue sits in, a bit of physical fatigue from the travelling, and and you know again from the the come down from the elation on, on Thursday night. And Hearts will grow in stature within the match, and it will prove difficult if Rangers are not on it. What are the positives with regards to that team, John? Are you happy to see the likes of Edmondson keep his place after the other night? Defoe's back in amongst the squad as well. Uh, well, yeah, the other night Edmondson came in and started the game a wee bit weary, but he grew into the game. And see, Rangers, the way they played the other night, instead of trying to play at the back and the fancy stuff, just kick the ball into Rose Ed sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the whole, sometimes goals and thinks he's like uh, Franco Brazier or something, the way he passes the ball. I just want me to do the simple things. I'd, I'd rather win ugly than uh, games and try to do it. Well, that style When ugly sometimes That's that's what you prove You can uh, challenge in the league And stuff like that Or win uh, League Cups And Scottish Cups uh, I'm glad the Defoe's coming back uh, It's probably not the right game For him to start tonight You've got to give him A couple of games And maybe If, if we are winning Maybe bring him on For the last 20 minutes But Some players have got to realise That you've got to Just dig in sometimes And it's not about The fancy stuff I Sometimes you need The fancy stuff To win games But Digging in Sometimes it's it's really hard But you've got to Change your mindset Sometimes in some football game It could be a fascinating Tactical battle Gordon Because Mm. what we've seen In the last few weeks Is that Rangers are 
at times struggling to break teams down So when teams sit in That's where Rangers struggle You saw Braga the other night Playing the most Probably the highest line I've ever seen Or, or, or there or thereabouts And it kind of suited Rangers Scottish clubs tend to sit in And make life difficult But Hearts don't Hearts like to play this high line yeah. Under Daniel Stendel. So if, if Hearts play the, the high line tonight I think they'll get punished Gordon If I was Stendel, I would have looked at The games And thought right Okay where do Rangers struggle? When I, people sit in and hit them in the counter-attack, that's when they struggle. If you play a high line, with the movement and the pace and the timing of the runs, I think that suits Rangers down to a tee. And I think that would play right in the Rangers' hands tonight. So I would expect Hearts to defend deeper. John and Cambus Lang, thank you very much for your call tonight. We're 10 minutes away from kick-off Rangers fans, so stay in touch. And what about you Celtic fans? Heading to Perth tomorrow, how confident are you? You generally... Should always be confident going to Perth Because you've got an unbelievable record there But I just wonder about the reaction After Thursday night Get in touch We'll hear from Neil Lennon next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans, Craig Beatty and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, Lots of reaction Coming in on Twitter to Alfredo Morelos Being left out of Rangers squad this evening, BMAC says, well done Gerard. no player is bigger than the club. Lots of people uh, echoing those sentiment. Bill Struth Stan says, well done to the gaffer, no man is bigger than Rangers. So a big game coming up for Rangers at Tynecastle. Uh, it kicks off in about five minutes time. I hate to go back to this interview that Stephen Gerrard did last weekend, but I will. When he was a young man still living at home with his mother and father, Gerard Houllier took... Mr and Mrs Gerard and Stephen out to dinner and Gerard Houllier ex- explained to the Gerard family what would be expected of Stephen throughout his professional life at Liverpool and he was instructed on everything how he was to live his life and the lesson stayed with him for the remainder of his life and therefore when a player messes him about there is no other course of action. It doesn't matter who the player is. It doesn't matter if it's a Scottish Cup tie. It doesn't matter that the manager hasn't won anything yet as a Rangers manager. The player has gone against the professional grain for Steven Gerrard. And he thinks back to what he learned at the feet of Gerrard Houllier. And he thinks, no, I can't have that. He's not playing. It's a difficult situation here because in this business, which is very much a results-based business, as we know. Sure. He's made the big call um, And I respect Stephen Gerrard For making a big call But there, there, there has to be a balance to it as well Because ultimately Stephen Gerrard has to win today So uh-huh. You know the, the, the terminology we use at times Is cutting your nose off To spite your face You, you know that For me To an extent That would come into play If Rangers don't win the match today And your best player Is sat, sat in his home Watching on the television um, Now I'm not saying That he should be playing And I'm not saying Stephen Gerrard's made the wrong decision But in this line of work Where He's had to take this course of action But still go and get a result It makes it Well, if It makes it all the If, the, all if the you're in Stephen Gerrard's shoes Craig What <clears> position <throat> you mean Because I know what I'm doing If I'm honest I, I That's why he's know. in here yeah. It's easier Yeah Yeah but he's He's been honest And he still doesn't know what. I, so you've got to make decisions I, 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 totally, I don't know the full circumstances First of all See, see in the modern day game We hear about uh, Player power 
And some players get away with absolute murder at times. Just let me stop you there because the players are coming out onto the pitch at Tynecastle. Let's check in with Alison Conroy. Yeah, the teams are coming out of the tunnel for the Scottish Cup tie here at Tynecastle. Hearts will have the Denix Lamalan goal. A back four of Michael Smith, John Suter, Craig Halkett and Aaron Hickey. In the midfield, Sean Clare launched the Moore of their Bannett, Granich and Lewis Moore with Stephen Naismith in behind the lone striker of Connor Washington. For Rangers tonight, Alan McGregor in goal, a back four of James Tavenier, Connor Goldson, George Edmondson and Borna Barisic. In the midfield, three of Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis and Ryan Jack with Joe Aribo and Ryan Kent supporting Greg Stewart up top. Your referee for this one is Stephen McLean. The stand to my right-hand side, full of Rangers fans. It looks like it's full to capacity. The rest of the stadium, Gordon, not so much. The Hearts fans not turning out in their droves tonight for the Scottish Cup quarter-final tie. Yeah, that's an interesting one because we have perhaps jumped the gun a little bit. We think of Tyne Castle when Rangers go there as being jam-packed full. Yeah. We're forgetting though It's not a league game It's not on season tickets Hearts fans Let's be honest Are dis- disillusioned uh-huh. It is an expensive business Following your football team And actually Big portions of the Hearts end Are empty So I wonder if that Does that take away From the Tynecastle factor I am surprised by that Because Hearts have Fantastic supporters I don't need to tell Craig Beatty He's played in front of them yep. um, And I'm surprised by that I, I'm not Taking the argument About live television This that Or the other the Hearts fans love this fixture, whether it's a League Cup tie, Scottish Cup tie or League match. And I am surprised by that. And that tells me that the disillusionment is becoming a problem for Ann Budge. It's worth bearing in mind though, Cup ties generally have lower attendances because you, ha- you have to pay for it on top yep. of your season ticket. And we should always, and we always are sympathetic, it's extortionate to keep following your team. The, yeah. Hearts, the Hearts fans pay for that club. They, they they take Ann Budge's money to get them started, but the Hearts fans pay mm. for this club. Yeah, exactly. So even even harder then to fork out again when things are are not going no, your way. I, I think you know, I think it's more important to fork out when they are struggling. You know, when Hearts are flying or any club for that matter are flying, you can't get a ticket for loving their money. Now I think it's equally important to back them. Um, no, I get that it's expensive, but you know the attendance is is that's a wee bit alarming for me, given the fact that it's pay weekend and it's Rangers coming to town and. You know, Saturday night game I, I would have thought that would have been full tonight Yeah, I can see both sides of the argument, Gordon I, I'm surprised I, I wasn't thinking it was going to be a full time castle Because obviously Of the situation with paying the money And we totally understand that people are not in that position uh, It's live on TV But I can't believe how empty The Hearts uh, support is uh, the, the stands, it's, it's incredible uh, Especially when you've got Rangers And a chance to get to the semi-final it's a big, big game Having said that There was major traffic issues On the way through oh, yeah, as well So yeah. there, there, there may well be people Still trying to get to the ground We've covered all sorts there Traffic and prices And weather and TV And disillusionment <laughs> It's probably just a bit of everything Really, let's be honest 01419511025 It's a bit of a different show tonight It's a bit of a different phone-in It's, it's not our fault As they say Would you blame it on somebody else? The scheduling uh, is a bit difficult So it's not the usual Five to six phone in Lots of calls and, and reacting to games Hearts against Rangers Is just getting underway What about you Celtic fans Heading to Perth tomorrow Let's hear from you Let's build up to that game As well 01419511025 How do you see it going Hugh Kick us off on that one In Perth tomorrow Every time Celtic Go into a park For a domestic match They carry a huge weight On their shoulders Because they've won The last ten domestic trophies They have a, an incredible record 
under Brendan Rodgers and Neil Lennon uh, I've even lost count I think tomorrow they're going for 35 in a row would it be in terms of uh, cup matches won it is a remarkable sequence of wins and to their immense credit it's coming under fire tomorrow let's hear from Neil Lennon St Johnson are in good form though you know they've turned their season around quite a bit and we know it's a difficult place to go so I'm hoping I get a reaction from the players I'm sure I will and I hope they're angry and um, when they play angry they can be very good so we'll um, them in on Saturday and get their minds refocused again on you know trying to retain the cup any game would be the next game would be a pick up it's just bitterly disappointing that we threw it away in the last sort of five minutes you know to score and then to lose a goal two minutes later you know it's uh, inexcusable really from our point of view St Johnson are in good form Gordon mm-hmm. I think in the last eight games they've lost only one and that was to Celtic so there's clearly no shame in that they get a great point against Rangers last time out I wonder if they're in a better place at the moment to cause Celtic some difficulties compared to some of the, the previous meetings they're certainly in a, a better place as the results show but I just think their Achilles heel is Celtic and especially in Perth Gordon if you look at Celtic's record there um, they just blow St Johnston away The last time the game should have been finished After 10-15 minutes I don't see anything different changing tomorrow As much as St Johnston Have found a little bit of form I think with the, the heart still there Of Celtic's result on Thursday night I think they'll go there tomorrow And I think they'll blow St Johnston away I gave you the positive case for St Johnston Craig They've done really well recently Their form's been excellent However the last nine meetings with Celtic They have scored Zero goals yep. And Celtic have scored 30 <laughs> So I mean Doesn't get much Doesn't get more one-sided than that No nah, it doesn't That's You know it's as dominant as it's going to be um, Having said that The The trend's got to It's got to change at some time St Johnson have got to score at some ch- some stage against Celtic They will beat them at some stage um, Will it be tomorrow? You know For me probably not um, You know you Obviously Tommy Wright's got a bit of a headache in terms of trying to score a goal and trying to get a positive result against Celtic. Neil Lennon's biggest headache is, you know, who he brings into the side. Forrest, Christie, you know, he's got an abundance of talent there. You know, is Scott Brown fit enough to play? If not, then he's got international players. He's got three and a half million pound January signings to, to try and fit into his team. So that's the sort of level that, that Celtic and, and St Johnston are operating at. Most observers felt that Scott Brown wasn't fully fit the other night. He, yeah. he had come back from injury. And you can see where it would follow on That well maybe he doesn't play tomorrow But then at the same time Hugh, he, he did play 90 minutes the other yeah. night And he tends to defy most people's expectations About his fitness He certainly had by his standards A poor game And looked leggy And looked well off the pace However If it is humanly possible For him to play tomorrow I think Neil Lennon would have him in Because Last Sunday we watched St Johnston Get in about Connor Goldson and Nicola Katic. Callum Henry looks ever improving as a player up front. There will be doubt at the back of Ayer's mind. There'll be doubt at the back of Simonovic's mind. They'll be looking after themselves and too busy looking after themselves to show the kind of leadership qualities that will be necessary if Scott Brown doesn't make it. I think he is essential tomorrow. Celtic. At times in the game Looked pretty leg weary against Copenhagen uh, And they can't be that way 
at McDermott Park or it could cost them that I said I it's a bit easier tomorrow Gordon because mm. you've got Livy and Cham I think yeah. um, I will certainly Ryan Christie to choose from also whether, whether like we all know how important Scott Brown is to Celtic we all know that but on Thursday night did I have his best game no he didn't well players sometimes get through that it doesn't mean he was oh well he was still carrying the injury he had a poor game so did some of the Celtic players if he doesn't play tomorrow I certainly won't change my mind I think they've got so much quality in the middle of the park and it wasn't that long ago that Scott Brown wasn't in the team and we had people calling in here to say we're a better team without him they've got that much quality they won't need Scott Brown tomorrow they will win it comfortably OK let's speak to Kevin who is a Celtic fan from the Gorbals what's on your mind ahead of tomorrow Kevin? Um, well it's not so much ahead of, ahead of tomorrow it was it was uh, the defeat against Copenhagen mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'll probably get slagged by a lot of fellow supporters, but um, I, I think that's... I never like to see my team losing, but I think that's the best thing that could have happened to us. Um, as in, like, less games for the players. I think Scott Brown's played 48, 49 games this season alone. Yeah. Um, and um, I was just thinking, like, in May, uh, if, if we win the league... Um, Copenhagen by a distant memory You know what I mean? Yeah I, I, I definitely get that Kevin I mean it is less games There's no No two ways about it But is, is that not the point? Is that not the point of being a, a A big team Being a good team You win things You get into Europe And you try and progress As as far as you can And make more money And improve your standing And attract a better player You don't You don't sacrifice all that You don't wave the white flag And say oh, that's that's good Because we can You know We don't need to play as many games Surely I wasn't jumping up and doing for joy when we get beat, but I genuinely, I genuinely wasn't like um, as upset as I would have been if we'd lost a league game. Kevin, if you went out to St Johnson tomorrow, that would save you two games, maybe semi final, the final. Well, would that be okay, that's, answer, different. that's different. But I can also mention one other thing. Why is that different? Uh, uh, because it's domestic dominance. Uh, I, I would prefer domestic dominance over. Over um, a run in the Europa League Yeah and to be fair to Kevin I mean Celtic are expected to win the Scottish Cup And they will want to They're not expected th- to I win the Europa League I think that's a cop out with Kevin Sorry Kevin for saying that But I just have to speak the truth It's a cop out Because you're not Celtic You want to go as far as you possibly can in Europe That's why you've got the size of the squad That Celtic have got They've got about two, three players For nearly every position gone Not for domestic football Certainly not for domestic football. Yes, it was a big disappointment. Neil Lennon said that. The players will know that. But then for, like, say, Kevin to come on and say, well, it's less games. That's a cop-out. Will you bounce back tomorrow, Kevin? Oh, definitely we'll bounce back tomorrow. But that's just, I mean, I know I'll get slagged for a lot of fellow Celtic fans, but that's just generally how I felt about it. You know what I mean? Um, I I think Celtic should be a big enough club to handle... Both. Domestic football and Europe But remember this is the first British club to win the European Cup 50 years after they were celebrating it uh, in a lavish style uh, That's why they have that star above their badge uh, So uh, I think Celtic should pay more attention to Europe and what they do there But I do understand that Kevin is representative of the majority of Celtic supporters Who say I don't care about anything I don't care about 
anything and other than 10 in a row and, and what about two big two more sort of glamour European ties and a lot more to gain financially but that's what Kevin's saying He's not saying he would choose it He's yeah. just saying he's not that bothered, bothered. by it yeah. now, now that it has happened um, We are a bit short in time for, for the next break I just want to thank Kevin for his call But I want to get an update from you Gordon Ten minutes gone now at Tynecastle Give us an update What have we missed? Uh, nothing um, It's just end to end no, Nothing really to report Gordon It's not the They're not great quality just now But two teams will settle down It's a decent pace uh, but I don't think any goalkeepers had a save to me. Hearts a bit frustrated there, Craig, because yeah. <laughs> Ryan Jack committed a foul on the edge of the Hearts box, yeah. but Hearts had managed to get the ball away. It was going into Stephen Naismith's yeah. feet, and they had a two on two. But Stephen McLean, rather than playing the advantage, blew the whistle he, straight away. He blew the whistle very, very quickly. And with the look on his face when he, the sort of camera panned onto him, I think he knew he'd made that. And the Hearts players kind of ran to him shouting for the advantage. Naismith had started to, to pull the trigger to play a pass through for, for Connor Washington. It looked to me like he was 1v1 with Goldson. Um, so it was a really prominent attack that, that the referee had stopped there and the Hearts players felt aggrieved. Perfect time for you to get in touch. 0141 951 1025 and we could be speaking to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. The form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hearts nil, Rangers nil at Tynecastle, 15 minutes but a bit of a stoppage in play And I have to say Gordon How much sympathy have you got for John Souter He's had horrendous injury problems Like freak injuries Long term ones Real real bad injury problems for John Souter recently And he's just gone down in the most innocuous fashion ever Nothing's even happening It's a throw in And he just He's walking mm. And he just see him crumple down Hold the back of his, his knee And you can almost tell by the look in the the faces of the medical staff at Hearts that they're really concerned about him as well. He's stretched yeah, off. Yeah, you moment. got you got to feel for us, boy. Um, and as you said, Gordon, out of absolutely nothing, he's just walking, and Greg Stewart's beside him, and the two of them are looking at the throw-in, and all of a sudden he just goes down, and you can tell immediately. I was looking at the physio's face, and she knows the damage that's obviously been done. And I really feel for the boy. I really do. So the the injuries. She's on a he's on a stretcher at the moment, Hugh. Um, there's no point in us trying to diagnose from here, but it, it looked like he grabbed the back, like sort of Achilles area. Um, yeah. He's gone off with the doctor. He's on a stretcher, but the doctor's actually holding his leg up, yeah. sort of elevating yeah. it. It looks like a real sore one. Players know. Barisic went over. Rangers player goes over to Hearts player on the stretcher to offer his commiseration. So Borna Barisic uh, understands. Uh, the severity of the injury So that's a, a, a decent touch from Barisic But awful for John Souter Awful for Hearts Awful for Daniel Stendhal Apart from anything else Daniel Stendhal gives me the impression that He's not terribly lucky either You know, results and form uh, Are not the best But it doesn't strike me as being a, a lucky manager either Well, like I say It looked like it was Something wrong with the Achilles And those tend to be serious But hopefully we're wrong Hopefully he's back soon It just did look like a real sore one um, For John Souter Clever de Camona has come on So in a footballing sense It's a blow as well But it's still goalless 17 minutes gone Hearts nil Rangers nil And I was going to say Which manager will be happiest None of them Gordon Nothing's really happening is I've it? Got, I've got to say It's been poor quality Gordon mm. I think they just The two teams are trying to settle Into the football game uh, both teams giving the ball away cheaply uh, Nothing really to excite uh, Rangers fans or the Hearts fans 
Um, I would probably think that Hearts will be probably happier in the fact that 18 minutes on the clock, Rangers have offered nothing, and it gives them time to play into the game. And I said uh, with, with Craig as well, I, I was looking at Rangers going to Tynecastle tonight, difficult place as everyone says, got to start the game well. I've not really passed it yet We've got another game tonight as well I know it's hard to keep up with these uh, Different schedules for the Scottish Cup But 20 past 7 Is the kick-off time for St Mirren against Aberdeen Let's hear from the managers You know, it's all about Giving the fans something to to dream about as well You know, and I think the fact that we're in the quarter-final Is great for everybody involved you know, The last time we played Aberdeen in the quarter-final of a cup When I was here was 2013 So... You know, we all know what happened then. Hopefully, this is a, another good omen. And um, you know, we've had really good performances against Aberdeen in the league already this year. We've beaten them at our place early on the season. We drew with them again recently. Um, you know, every game has been really tight. So we certainly have nothing to fear. So that's Jim Goodwin there up against Derek McInnes tonight. Cup games are always pressure games. Cup games are always. Like I say, this could be my first year as manager. I knew the importance of cups to Aberdeen because we knew that we. We weren't in a position where we could compete for the league, so we know that Aberdeen supporters had seen other teams win cups and do well in cups, and said, why not us? Um, we have been in more finals, we've, we've done better than any other team in the last seven years out with Celtic. We've put ourselves forward, put ourselves into a position, we've been a good cup team, and it's important we continue to try and be that. So, you know, the standard's been set, although we've only won one trophy, we've put ourselves forward to semi-finals, finals time and time again, and we know the importance of it. So, Every year a cup comes round, it's the same sort of pressure on you um, to deliver and we'll try and do our, uh, our utmost, as we did in the last round, to, to show that. There is an expectation or there's a hope that Aberdeen, Hugh, can get more silverware. It's something mm. that the Aberdeen fans sort of hold against Eric McInnes at times. Having said that, it's not easy to just rock up and win the Scottish Cup. No, no, I mean, no. it's, it's extremely difficult to do it. You need a bit of luck on your side. You would need Celtic and Rangers to... Maybe get each other or, or underperform at some stage So I know they want it And I know they expect it To a certain level But Easier said than done The problem Derek has Is that this season Has periodically Been disrupted by Fans who have been Verbally abusive Towards Derek McInnes uh, Who have Taken umbrage Over A home record That shows 21 points Dropped uh, That shows Four successive League defeats uh, and therefore They're looking at this competition And they're thinking You know Come on You need to deliver something And that would include Dave Cormack The new chairman of the club He's American based He has American ideas On how the business Should be sold to the public And he too Would want A tangible Sign That Aberdeen are getting better um, And that's why It's very important That they beat St Mirren I think uh, Aberdeen will get in favourites, uh, but I think it'll be a diff- difficult game. I think St Mirren um, have found a bit of form of late, and obviously with home advantage, there should be a decent crowd down there as well. Uh, I think that'll be. I think that'll be a draw. Gone. I think St Mirren uh, would be happy with a draw. Uh, you look at it, Craig. St Mirren's journey to get here that absolute epic at Fir Park when they were four <laughs> yeah. nil up, a uh, four one up. Sorry. Um, at half time Pegged back to four each um, Winning on penalties They followed that up With a league win At Fir Park as well So they'll be feeling Pretty good about themselves Yeah and rightly so And just looking at the form there Over the last five, ma- five matches They've picked up more points Than Aberdeen um, So they're in good they're in, they're in decent form Going in um, 
Jim Goodwin generally has them defending fairly well um, and they've picked up and scored goals away from home recently I know they're at home tonight but what I'm saying is they've got boys who have who've started to hit a wee bit of form at the right time so this is by no means a foregone conclusion for Aberdeen and Derek McInnes Aberdeen took the long road to get here as well of course that also epic game down at Rugby Park eventually winning at 4-3 um, in extra time then they followed it up with a home defeat to Ross County so clearly um, not in the best of form at the moment Gordon and that, that was a real disappointing one last time out at home to Ross County yeah their league form's uh, been very poor um, but Derek McInnes is right the cup's completely different it's all about getting into that semi-final and Aberdeen have got a good record of semi-finals and finals under Derek McInnes um, but I think they'll, they'll have to work for it tonight and St Man will fancy their chances of course they will why not so, um, you know it's a good opportunity they're finding good form at the right time and um, you know I think Aberdeen if they're going to progress will need to play at the top of their form if they don't then as I say St Man can get something um, 22 minutes gone so we're halfway through the first half at Tynecastle. Um, Hearts first real opening there just a moment or two ago Lewis Moore with the shot kind of snapshot um, just inside the box routine save for Alan McGregor but still a still a decent opening for Hearts yeah powder puff shot you've got to say but at least it's a shot on target uh, you were never expecting McGregor to do anything else but save it um, Hearts start as I say there's another example of it they get the ball near the final third and the final ball is is woeful and I think two teams are guilty of that I hope this breaks into a better game Gordon Hugh when you get to the Scottish Cup quarter final You want to get through And it doesn't really matter how you get there But that's clearly going to be the, the case tonight Because it's, it's just scrappy It's been very scrappy It's surprisingly lacklustre As a spectacle And it's had the, the damaging effect of uh, costing John Souter More time out of the game Best wishes to him Hope his recovery is fast um, but it's it's just been poor quality stuff And of course we've had the excitement The controversy before the game started Of Alfredo Morelos not being there The referee's got a big decision to make now Stephen Naismith is looking He's asking the referee To take the strongest possible action As a Hearts player goes down Stephen McLean trying to take his time Trying to Come to the right decision It's Ryan Jack It's a yellow card for Ryan Jack And I think Hearts were looking for more I just wondered if he The only, the only reason I, I didn't necessarily expect it to be more than A yellow albeit he flies in extremely late But Craig I was just wondering The gripe amongst Hearts fans might be Why was he not booked for that first one? Remember the one that Stephen McLean mm. didn't give the advantage? Yes And it allowed Hearts to, that, that would probably be the one that Hearts would be saying <laughs> Yeah, you know, you, looking yeah. back on that But yeah. it's a yellow on this occasion I have to say Craig I don't know if you agree But Ryan Jack is prone to this stuff He's had uh, plenty of red cards Since arriving at Rangers And sometimes Although to be fair m- Mostly in his early Rangers days He, he seemed that, to have sort of that, cleaned that, was up. A, that was a naughty one You think so Yeah, I just thought it was two players Committed to the ball I really did I, 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 oh, Great save from Alan McGregor Yeah Naismith header from that free kick uh, It's a decent ball You've got to say A lot of pace in the ball uh, Naismith And that's worrying for Rangers That Naismith He's not the biggest yeah. Gets a, f- a header into the box There McGregor Good save So first big chance of the game Alan McGregor tips it over It's still Hearts nil Rangers nil Hibs are already through 
Hearts and Rangers are going to try and join them at 7.20 tonight St Mirren and Aberdeen will step up to the plate And then finally St Johnson against Celtic tomorrow afternoon in Perth Then it will be over to you on Monday to have your say We'll look back on it all taking all the big talking points With Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray at 6 o'clock on Monday Make sure you join us And in the meantime, GBX is up next